You're tuned in to Chromebooks Today, the podcast where Chromebook news and views collide. If you need the show notes or just want to say hi, visit us at Chromebooks.today. Hello and welcome to Chromebooks Today, your source for Chrome news and everything else Chrome, essentially. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the end of an empire and say goodbye to some fellow Chrome friends as well as discuss this brand new Pixel thing that people seem to be kind of interested in. Joining me, Craig Templeson, tonight, today will be James Welbis and John Oliphant, if I can talk straight. James, how are you doing today? Good. Um, to be fair, we're still joining you, even if you can't talk right. Good to know. Yes, yes, you are correct about that. John, do you wish to correct anything I've said so far? <laughs> No, except for the fact that I w- I can't I can't speak correctly, whether by voice or by uh, my English grammar. So we're we're all good to go. We match. Sounds good. We've got all of the equipment we need to make this show a great great failure success. I meant success. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's launch into our first topic, which is actually kind of ironically related. GigaOM, a fantastically large and fantastically awesome tech news site has, like many tech startups, suddenly disappeared off the face of the earth without much of an explanation. Apparently, they've run out of money. Um, Not all that shocking or surprising. Journalism is on the decline. But unfortunately for the Chrome community, it means the end to the GigaOM Chrome show, at least temporarily. They didn't air this week, and the co-hosts, Kevin Tolfel and our friend Yanko, seem to have kind of acknowledged that it may not be coming back. Um, For me, this is a pretty big deal because I'm a regular listener. Um, John, how are you holding up with this news? Craig, I am actually um, saddened uh, by the fact that that Kevin and Yanko did have to to hang it up and not for any fault of their own. Um, I think people really enjoyed the show. I I definitely enjoyed the show. And I, uh, you know, they were what inspired me to start Practical Chrome uh, a little over a year ago. So, you know, I, it, it's just, it's sad is what it is. So I'm, I'm just sad to see them have to have to stop. Very fair point. And, and it's sad to see them go. I've been a listener since it was Kevin and Chris all the way back, however many years it's been. Uh, it's been a fantastic journey. James, I mean, do you have any, any insight, any thoughts, any opinions, feedback, criticism? <laughs> um, Kitchen sink? Yeah. No. You don't want my kitchen sink. It doesn't work very well. Um, no, I do. It is sad. Um, it was a good show, the Chrome, the Gigaom Chrome show. Um, Kevin and and uh, I'm not going to attempt the name because I won't say it right. Um, Kevin and his partner did a great job on that show, and it's sad to to see that go. They no one's come right out and said Gigaom Chrome show is no more. But when you when you look at their tweets, um, that's kind of the vibe you get. Is that uh, it was fun. And it's time to see what's next, you know, the next chapter. So it is sad to see that happen, um, especially considering Kevin just relocated, I think, two years ago uh, across country, basically, for this job. So um, take solace in the fact that, that they are very talented. And uh, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, they whatever's next is going to be um, just as awesome, if not more awesome, as, uh, as chapter one. I absolutely could not agree more. We wish Kevin and Yanko all the best. And we actually have some good news on that uh, note later in the show. We'll discuss a review that Kevin kind of posted and published independently 
just today. Uh, but we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to the fun stuff. Uh, up next on the news docket is talk of a mysterious new device that supports 4K output. It has an i3 processor and features 8 gigabytes of RAM. But it's not the device you're thinking of. This one's it kind of came as a surprise, actually. Apparently, Acer has reamped their Chromebox offerings, and they're actually going to offer a Chromebox that packs a punch. Um, James, you're featuring an Asus Chromebox, right? Is that the one you're running? Correct. Um, and you've got the i3 model too, right? Yep. Um, and you also use a Chromebook that does not have an i3 in it. So I'm wondering what I'm building to here is do you think that by offering an i3 option, Acer is going to reach any additional market share here? Oh, if consumers are not stupid, then yes, because (laughs) this device is amazing, okay? If you're out there and you're thinking, I should probably get a Chrome device and I want it to perform well, um, I think Chrome OS is to the point where $350 to $400 is a reasonable price to pay for a Chrome device that performs well. Um, I have, I'm kind of on both ends of the spectrum. I have the cheap Acer Chromebook, which has two gigs of RAM, and it's running the um, Haswell generation Celeron processor. And it's not the best Chromebook, but it it is probably the best Chromebook for the money. So I'm on that end of the spectrum where I've got pretty much the cheapest Chromebook available, and it gets me by when I want to go to Starbucks and whatnot. And on the other end of the spectrum, I have the 4-gigabyte i3 Chromebox, which is just a little speed demon. Um, it, it really is noticeable. Um, it's, it doesn't lag the way the, the Acer will when I have a bunch of tabs open. Uh, that's mostly due to the RAM, I think. Um, and it's just, it's just super fast. It's, it's night and day. Good to know. Um, I actually have an older Chromebox with a slower processor, and I've been considering upgrading, but I wasn't sure if an i3 was the best option or if I should wait for something a little more powerful. Uh, John, you're kind of a Linux guy, um, by which we can draw all kinds of assumptions, but let's keep it simple here. <laughs> so you like Linux. If you were to buy a desktop computer today to install Linux on, would you consider grabbing a Chromebox off the shelf and dual-booting Crouton or crew Ubuntu as a, a more affordable option, given that the specs are relatively similar for a Chromebox and an off-the-shelf PC? The answer would be absolutely yes. Um, there, there are multiple options from, from the Linux perspective on how to you know, get Linux onto a machine, whether it be through Crouton, Toolboot, um, any other way that you'd want. But from the perspective of, of Linux on one. So if, if we take away the Chrome part, which I know <clears throat> I don't like to do, I, I don't do it on my Chromebook, but um, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Craig, when you talked about the hardware spec and whether, whether or not there'd be a good one with these these new boxes. It's 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 kind of a no-brainer to either go with an Intel NUC, which is kind of what Chromeboxes kind of represent, but if you go with a Chrome box, you really do actually have something that will work out of the box with Linux because of the fact that all of the hardware is ready to go with the kernel. So I think that it, it's a it's a no-brainer that if you if you do want to run Linux, uh, whether it be through Crouton or you want to you know just blow away your Chrome OS, um, that Chromeboxes are, are 
far and away one of the easiest to get because of the mass market, you know, um, saturation of them, and and also the low cost. I mean, it's ridiculous. So if you want brand new hardware, great and works well with Linux. I would I would not not buy anything else but a Chromebox at this point. Plus, there's the additional advantage of not giving Microsoft any cut of the sale. Amen. Well, well, <laughs> correct, <laughs> except for the fact that, uh, I mean, within the next six months, my, my bet is that uh, Microsoft is going to stop require, requiring OEMs to even pay for it. So I, th I think Microsoft sees the writing on the wall. So I, I think that those days are kind of gone. What, what I would worry, still worry about is the fact that they would actually – Pay manufacturers possibly to put Microsoft on a machine. So I think the tide is actually turning with that whole Microsoft thing. It's going to be interesting to see in the future. As long as they don't pay Microsoft to sneak into my house and put Windows on my Chromebox, I don't care who they pay to do what. That would be an interesting employment opportunity, though, James. <laughs> I'd apply. I, yeah, think about that. that. That would be kind of fun. I mean, horrible. <laughs> I don't know how you would live with yourself, but it would be kind of fun. Tobias from Arrested Development comes to mind, sneaking through that deaf person's house. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next news item, which is discussion of battery, 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 and how to save your Chromebook battery. More specifically, how to figure out which apps or websites might be draining it the quickest and put an end to that. Um, James, I think you actually have some firsthand experience with this. <laughs> Would you care to share? Uh, yes, yes. In my um, total fanboyism excitement of a new feature from Google, um, as soon as I found out about this new battery feature, I immediately went into settings and clicked on the battery button and was presented with a blank window that didn't list any websites, despite the fact that I had Chrome open with several websites in it. And uh, I wondered, maybe you're supposed to be in dev channel for this to work. What, what am I doing wrong? And then our own Craig Tumbleson asked a very, very intuitive question. He said, are you by chance on your Chromebox right now? I said, as a matter of fact, yes, I am on my Chromebox, which doesn't have a battery because it plugs directly into the wall. So that's my experience thus far with the battery option. I have yet to actually try it on a device that has a battery. That's a, that's a pretty fair situation, and, and it was quite a few laughs. John, you have had some experience trying this out on a Chromebook that has a battery. What was your experience like? So, so Craig, my experience was actually um, it, it pretty uh, – I, I don't mean to say exciting because it's just a battery meter. Um, but w what I was able to determine was the fact that, that one website, which I, sh I should have known, um, was going to drain battery life, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it. This website, it's called Plunker, um, P-L-N-K-R, and uh, what it does is it provides you with uh, online resource to be able to build uh, HTML5 websites inside of, of their domain and then host them like right inside all the same windows so you can kind of do everything in one spot. Uh, and it's taking 58% of my battery uh, usage when I first turned it on, and I was like, oh, and it just surprised me. Uh, it, but it's one of those things where I should have known better, right? Because it, this this um, this JavaScript app, you know, web web page, uh, does a lot of things at once and is constantly refreshing every time you you type in a you know even a letter into one of the text files. So it's just one of those things where you don't 
you, you might not know where it's coming from. But Craig, I want to I want to throw back to you because that was my experience it, it, and just initially opening it, just being surprised at some web pages. I, I think that like if you found stuff like I think G Plus and and Facebook will be kind of big hogs like there too. But um, Craig, give me a point about. I made an assumption, and I, I know we don't have any detail because we got the, the article from OMG Chrome, and then uh, Joey had actually received it from um, another website, and that other website actually had some things wrong, um, and so, but no one had any real detail about how the app works. But I made an assumption that it was just CPU cycles, but what, what do you think it should be based off of in, 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 in its entirety? Well, if I were to sit down and design the feature after having gone back to school and received a degree in computer science and programming and all the relevant details I would need to make informed decisions on matters like these, John, I think it should include relevant details from power usage for things like Bluetooth or um, NFC if a Chromebook ships with NFC and an app happens to be using it. Um, it really, anything that's draining and a large amount of power that a specific app can be identified as doing it. So, for example, if you are using the video camera app and it's using the video capture APIs to run, um, maybe use the fact that it's using the device's camera as a factor in deciding how much power the app is using. Not just CPU, but throw in all those other attributes that can also consume power so you get a little bit more accurate of a picture. Um, I don't know whether this feature is making use of those other APIs or not. Um, it, it's not an area that I'm ex an expert in, obviously. Um, but I will, for James's sake, be filing a feedback report about the screen showing up blank on Chromeboxes. <laughs> and, John, you make a really good point. Oh, you already took care of it? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But, John, you make a really good point about... Um, <laughs> about developers, and uh, if you're using a, a, a tool to help you develop, it will consume more power. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because today, and I don't know, or I guess yesterday when this airs, I don't know that if either of you caught the news, but Google kind of released this boxy-looking thing, and it, it's apparently a new Chromebook. I haven't done a lot of research but battery life seems to be one of the selling points of this thing. I've heard. I've heard that the, the battery life is 12 hours. Is that what it was? I heard that the advertised is 12 hours, which, of course, we can all infer is actually closer to four or five or six. But from the uh, at least one review, and I'm not sure if it was from The Verge or somewhere else, but they said that they clocked the battery life at 14 hours during their review testing. Um, Exactly, John. We bleeped that out. <laughs> but yeah, th this is uh, this is a, a very big deal. Um, it's two years in the making. Two years ago, Google released what they called the Chromebook Pixel, and it was a beautiful device with horrible battery life. That was essentially the description of the device. Very costly, very beautiful. It lasted about five hours without a charge. And for developers, that's just not going to fly. Now, thankfully, this new model has a focus on battery life. It packs in the same great touchscreen in 4K as the original did. It has some minor improvements to RAM. The standard model now has 8, and the ludicrous model, that's the name, has 16 gigabytes of RAM. 
And uh, in terms of storage, it's 32 base, 64 gigabyte for the ludicrous model. And of course, for processing power, you're looking at an i5 or an i7, which is ludicrous. It's ludicrous, John. It's ludicrous. But battery life seems to be quoted at 12 hours for both models. I'm not sure how they pulled that off. Um, maybe it's going to be a little less for the i7 model, would be my assumption. Either that or Intel has somehow worked some sort of magic that the rest of us will never be able to comprehend. And, and actually, Google said in a footnote on their release announcement that due to the new USB Type-C charging ports on these devices, that's right, you can charge them with a USB cord. You can actually charge a Pixel with a Pixel. You can charge a Pixel with a Pixel. John, respond. Well, first of all, Craig, um, did you actually hear me earlier? Because I, I tried to mute it with my little button, and I guess I didn't. But <laughs> that, that is ridiculous battery life. I mean, like, ridiculous, especially with even with an i3, that's ridiculous battery life. Um, when it comes to this device, um, Pixel 2, uh, I've held a Pixel 1. I've used it for a couple of minutes. I was thoroughly impressed, even if it's on the same chassis 100%, um, but just has all beefed up and all that good stuff. I think that's that's it's going to be an amazing device uh, all the way around. Um, the the t- Okay, so that, this is the USB-C. I mean, do you really want me to go into this, Craig? <laughs> Well, it's either you or me, and I've talked so much about USB-C, so much. So I, I think I, I want to give you the honors, John, of exploring the subject. <laughs> well, because because my voice is a little rough, what I will say is this. It's a step forward, and it's needed, but I'm old, and I resist change. Craig? Noted, John. That will be on your tombstone. USB 3.1 is amazing technology by any standard. Even the new MacBook ships with USB 3.1. It's going to be well, a standard. Craig, Craig, I'm sorry. I, I do apologize. Um, but I had to say this. The Pixel has two USB-C type ports, which is the 3.1 um, design, uh, uh, protocol. And then they have two regular USB ports for all of your older equipment the macbook while yes is much thinner and much lighter um only has one port ridiculous go you okay good i agree john but the benefit here is that because the pixel does have two usb 3.1 ports you can charge another pixel and another macbook at the same time and that's just something that a MacBook cannot do unless you drill a hole into the side of it and mount your own little, you know, third-party aftermarket how, adapter. How does that work? If you plug two pixels into each other, what decides which one's charging which? I have no idea, James. I think it may have just been a running joke, uh, but it was on the announcement. It was a footnote. So, you know, anything that makes it an announcement post is obviously fact. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what we have to assume. On the internet, it's true. Exactly, and Google put it there. It's on their blog. So. I can only think that if the 3.1 um, 
protocol is smart enough, it can actually send more than just the simple five volts out and one amp. It could actually be like, oh, I need to send out or I can receive or I can send out more. So if I'm a chargeable device. So if you plug in the power cord into one pixel and then someone has a double mail ended USB-C port and they plug one pixel into another pixel, then I can actually see that that actually might actually work if the protocol is smart enough to allow it to happen. Whichever battery has the biggest charge at the time will charge the other one until their voltage is matched and no more current would flow. I'm guessing, unless they really are just joking. No, I well, think it, it might actually, I think it would actually work. Well, I do want to point out that USB Type-C is rated for 100 watts, so this thing is future-proof. That's more than enough watts. to charge 100 watts. At 5 volts? Probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's enough power to charge a Chromebook and to output a display over the same cable. So, yeah. It's, so now now it's we just beefy. have to get it up to 88 miles per hour, and then we're real. Time travel. <laughs> That's what I'm Boom. saying. Boom. <laughs> right. Yeah, we should try that. I guess all three of us really need to get pixels, and then we'll aim them in the same direction, you know? Just and then don't maybe cross the streams. Exactly. No, never cross the streams, gentlemen. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this thing is out there now, and apparently reviewers have had time with it. Um, I don't know when exactly the review units went out, but as of today, there are five or six good quality reviews, including one from Kevin Tolfel, which he shared over at Medium instead of GigaOM this time. Um, and they are solid reviews. Um, the general consensus does seem to be that this is a fantastic piece of hardware that no one should purchase, which is about standard. I mean, uh, when that Google executive leaked it a few weeks ago, they specifically mentioned this is not a mass consumer marketed device. This is for developers. This is for people that are really, really enjoying the platform, and they want a machine that will work for years to come. John, you seem to want to say something. Spit it out. <laughs> okay. How can how can it be a developer model, but yet you deliver it in two separate flavors? One a base level price, another one like a you know high entry level device with with much like to me that screams um, consumer product. I'm, I, I, are you saying all developers are the same, John? Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, trust me, not all developers are the I same. Appreciate but but, <laughs> but what I, my point is, uh, Craig Craig mentioned the the fact that you know the leaks were like, oh, this isn't for consumer usage, yada yada yada. Um, but I think that with the specs on this thing and the fact that Chrome OS has come so far, I think that they're going to sell more of these way more, especially with the two different models available, than they did the original Pixel. So I'm just saying I think it seems silly that uh, that that we we hold that to be a truth still. That's what I'm saying, Craig. I disagree. I think it makes perfect sense to have two models when you look at the types of people that are going to own this. On one hand... You've got Googlers, which are probably going to be given as employees the i7 model for their employee laptop if that's the device they choose. On the other hand, you have a certain developer conference coming up with several thousand participants that typically walk away with some great hardware. It's possible that the price difference between the two in terms of cost was large enough that Google decided to make a 
lesser model specifically to give away to the people that attend their developer conference. I think that's more likely, plus it gave them the ability to hit that magic 999 price point. And even though it's not a consumer device for mass marketing and appeal, there are going to be people that live inside the Chrome OS universe that have been clamoring and clamoring for a device under $1,000 that looks like a Pixel, smells like a Pixel, and acts like a Pixel. And now they have one. So I disagree that the two-tiered pricing is, is an attempt to sell this to everyone or to really anyone. Um, but I do think it will come in handy in terms of moving some additional units. Although I'm not sure that that is Google's true focus here. I do think this is a developer proof of conference, proof of uh, reference. And I do think it's really designed to kind of kick the OEMs and say, hey, see, people like USB charging. That's the most tweeted thing about this. Or, hey, the battery life seems to be kind of important. If we can make it last 12 hours with an i5 or i7, why can't you? James, I'm curious to get your input because you seem to be – how do you feel about no this? <laughs> <laughs> I think the i7 model is silly. Um, I say that as an i3 user. Uh, the i5 – I think i3 is plenty. Okay, I think i3 with 8 gigabytes of RAM would be absolutely plenty for Chrome OS. I think i5 would be a great way to future-proof yourself. And I think i7 is just a way to say, look how much money I have. Because, really, i7. Hey, hey, don't restrict me, bro. <laughs> I would never restrict your right to waste your money, John. I'm just saying it's silly for Google to waste their time on it. Because, I mean... It just, I'm just saying, this i3 machine is all I could ever ask for in a computer. An i5 would just be ridiculously fast. And an i7, I don't see a whole lot of point. I don't see that device selling very well. I know the original Pixel, and I mean compared to the original Pixel, won't sell very well. Uh, neither one of them is going to sell a whole lot being in the $1,000 range. But I see like 90% of the sales of the Pixel 2 being the i5 model, and a few crazy people spending another 300 bucks for more gigahertz. Well, I think you hit on a good point. I think the 999 model will sell more, uh, but I do think that there exists a small percentage of users that are going to be installing Crouton side-by-side and using this for true development, whether that means compiling applications locally or maybe even trying to build Chromium OS, where it makes sense to have a machine with that extra kick. And we know that these are going to go into the hands of a lot of Googlers, and Googlers may choose a Pixel if they can also run Linux side-by-side, and if it lets them do all of their work, everything they need, on a Chromebook that looks that pretty and packs an i7 and has 16 gigabytes of unnecessary RAM, I, I think it makes sense, at least from a business standpoint, why not give your employees the absolute most you can if you're already going to spend millions and millions of dollars developing and producing a device? Craig, question. Qu- question. Sure. Craig. So how, how do we – because we internally, Google is a Mac shop, right? That's, that's primarily what they – and only like some very small percentage, I don't know the exact percentage, use a – an Ubuntu variant um, <clears throat> Linux machine, right? So how do we know that 
is are you saying that the Pixel hardware would just be available for Google to then load Linux on, and then that's how the, that's what they're going to use? Because I mean, I mean, because we talked about the fact that like, would you buy a Chromebox just to put Linux on it? I mean, the Chromebook is is it's the same situation. Like literally, Google's you know got everything ready to go from a Linux perspective to fire up Linux on a Pixel two and everything work out of the box, ready to go. Bob's your uncle. So my my question though, Craig is. How do we know that Google is going to have its Googlers specifically using this this, either this hardware or, or or maybe even the Chrome OS and this this Pixel Two? That's a good question, and it's a real shame I don't work for Google because I would <laughs> love to answer this in great detail. Um, from what I've heard and the interviews I've read and that sort of thing, my understanding is. When a Googler joins Google, and then every now and then, they get to select the hardware they use, with the exception of Windows, um, in terms of hardware and software packages. Windows seems to be kind of outlawed due to security issues. Uh, you really have to have a good reason to lobby for a Windows computer inside Google. Like you said, John, Macs are very, very popular, and I've heard that Google even developed their own management tool to keep an eye on their Mac users. Um, because Apple doesn't provide one. Um, but my understanding is also that you can choose a Chromebook if you would like. And I have a feeling that those that's probably fairly popular within the Chrome team, especially because Crouton is developed by a Googler. Um, so I have a feeling it's kind of popular internally. A lot of developers probably like it because they can bring their existing Linux expertise over. And it's a pretty seamless workflow. Um, once it's installed, and if it's an environment you're used to, you can run it in a tab. You can press a keyboard shortcut and flip in between it. Um, so I, I don't think that every Googler is going to be forced to own a Chromebook Pixel, and I don't think that should be the case. Uh, but I do think that as Chrome OS gets more and more complete, it will become more and more of a viable alternative to choosing a Mac as your computer when you join Google. Um, and I'm sure Google has a little bit of an interest in phasing out Macs, even if they're making do with what they have at the moment, um, because it would just be fantastic for every employee to use a Google laptop and be able to successfully do everything a Google employee would ever need to do. And, you know, 30 or 40 years from now, when we hit that point, it'll all be golden. So, John, I guess my follow-up question to you then is, if you are joining Google today and pick a job, do you think you could make do with a Chromebook Pixel dual-booting Linux, or do you think you would have to choose the MacBook with Windows as not an option? That is actually a, a splendid question, my friend. Um, listen, I, I've I've been um, I've been called a uh, a few names because of my hatred of Internet Explorer um, and the fact that uh, <clears throat> I might not give fair a fair shake to Windows and uh, an IE, and uh, I would have to say this: <clears throat> if given the choice between um, Windows, Mac, or Chrome OS, my initial choice I, I would I would rate them in in in, in a scale of of one, two, three, and four, whatever. Uh, my first choice would be Linux, uh, and then my second choice would be uh, Chrome OS, my third choice would be Mac, and my fourth choice would be Windows. 
Now, taking that into account that I need Windows to perform my job duties in my current uh, job, right? Um, because my development environment needs to have certain tools that only run in Windows. Um, so basically, you have to flip that whole thing on its head and then say, okay, Windows, then Linux, right? So then, then Windows becomes number one. Um, so to answer your question, Craig, if I were to get hired at Google, it would be um, a Linux machine first. And then, right, but real world, uh, Google's not going to be hiring me anytime soon. Uh, so I have to pick Windows. And, I, you know, I, I have a stable machine with Windows. Everything's been working great. Um, Internet Explorer is still a piece of junk and always will be uh, in the browser wars and in my own personal opinion, not the opinion of you or James or of Chromebooks today, but just my own. Um, and if anyone would like to debate me on that, uh, give me a call. Uh, okay. Um, but to, you didn't really answer my question there, did you? Because you said Linux would be your first choice if you had a completely different career. Um, but would you be okay using a Chromebook Pixel, one of these new models, dual booting Linux versus having a dedicated Linux laptop? Well, first of all, I apologize if I didn't answer your question correctly. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. And I might have, and I apologize. Uh, so the question is, would I use the Chromebook Pixel versus a, a Mac or a dedicated Dell with uh, Google's Ubuntu image on it? Good question. Um, the answer is, it's, of course, a Pixel. I think because of the fact that it is uh, a forward-thinking device, both in hardware um, and adapter, you know, the, the, the USB-C, the, the glass, um, you know, um, touchpad, things like that that are just, like, just spot-on little little things that, like, when you look at it, it sparkles like, you know, the handsome man's teeth in a, <laughs> you know, in a Disney movie, right? So it's, like, it's got everything you'd ever want in a, in a laptop. And the fact that it's it has Chrome OS running on it means that it can run any variant of Linux probably that you want if you really just wanted to wipe it. Um, and as long as you can get your job done, I don't even think Google cares. So um, I would say that I would definitely pick a Pixel because I would either dual boot or um, or crouton my way into uh, into app de development heaven. Or, you know, Francois, if he needs assistance, if he just needs an, an assistant, I would do that um, at Google. So, Francois, if you're listening, um, I'd love to develop some stuff. And uh, just be your assistant, and maybe just I, look. I could just comment your code. That's all you. I, if that's what you want me to do, I can do that. Whatever you need. That didn't sound desperate at all. That was my first thought. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's okay though, John. We still love you. We still value your time, and that's all that matters. Even if Google doesn't. All right, James. Um, I think we're running a little low on time, so my question for you is not going to be nearly as detailed as my question for John. In your opinion, James, what contributes the most to the value, the price point of this new Pixel? Is it the backlit keyboard? Is it that gorgeous 4K display? Is it the battery life, the RAM, the i5 versus i7? What is the biggest selling point to you? Um... That uh, it's kind of a combination. Um, I would say the battery life is pretty big selling point. 
Um, however, there are other cheaper Chromebooks that will get that battery life. So um, the selling point is the fact that it has a freaking i5 processor and still gets 12 hours of battery life. That's nuts. The Chromebook, the first Chromebook Pixel got like 45-minute battery life. This new one gets 12 hours, and that's ridiculous. So um, that would be that would be a huge selling point for me. Um, and everything else is just gravy. I mean, that super nice screen um, is obviously a plus. The backlit keyboard is a plus. The USB-C mm-hmm. is a huge plus. Um, so, but I, I think the the battery life performance combo is just just nuts. Good to know. Personally, and I think I've made this pretty clear, it's all about that USB charging for me. (laughs) That is the Chromebook Pixel right now. And I realize it's not really financially intelligent to assign so much value to that because we will probably see every new Chromebook this year contain USB charging, but there's just something about it for me that it justifies the cost of my mind. I I don't know why. I'm not buying one because I don't have that kind (laughs) of money, but it justifies the cost. Um, and, and I do want to point out, it actually includes what they're calling fast charging, which is likely the most generic term they could have come up with in a focus group. Um, apparently, though, it will charge your Chromebook the equivalent of two hours worth of usage in 15 minutes. So talk about battery lasting all day. James, all you would need to do is sit down for 15 minutes and drink a Starbucks coffee, and you're back up and running. That, for me, makes the battery life completely irrelevant. It could be four hours, 10 hours, 22 hours. If it charges two hours worth of usage in 15 minutes, I don't care if it only lasts 15 minutes at a time. Craig, Craig, what did did the USB charging do on the 11? Was that, did that take a while? It took a long time. It was USB 2.0, micro USB charging. So it was pretty slow and it, it didn't deliver enough power. So if you were if you had it plugged in while you were using it, it was just a trickle charge. It would not charge your device while you had it plugged in, and that was a big powerful issue. Powerful enough me. to set your house on fire, but not powerful enough to charge it. it no houses were harmed <laughs> during the usage of HP 11s. <laughs> I don't. I feel like we shouldn't need to add that disclaimer to every episode we can produce. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, it had the benefit of keeping you warm in the winter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh man! <laughs> All right. Uh, closing thoughts on the Chromebook Pixel, John? Yes or no? Uh, my 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 answer is is that if I if I had a thousand dollars and a need for a Chromebook uh, after the experience that I've had with Chrome, Chrome OS, and previous Chromebooks. And even with uh, testing, you know, I think it's been like four or five models now. Um, if I had the money, I would definitely, or the need, because I have a uh, Acer C720, and I'm very happy with it. Um, I, I would definitely go out and buy one. So it's a yes for me. Sounds good. James, why? 11. Thank you. And I guess that leaves... <laughs> I guess that leaves the question of how to me. And to answer that, I think we really have to go back to the beginning of time and work our way and work our way back. It goes to 11. That sounds like an episode for a practical Chrome. That's going to be at least two and a half hours long. 
It does, doesn't it? Um, Unfortunately, I'm, those. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that um, I'm going to buy one. Uh, it's just a matter of when. It's all going to depend on um, getting jobs, <laughs> finding a client. Uh, this is not the kind of thing I can spend full time job money to. That's irresponsible. But uh, <laughs> uh, I can certainly spend web design money on this. So the first thousand dollars I get from building websites is going to that pixel. Completely understandable. I actually just spent $75 on assorted lumber. I'm building my lemonade stand tomorrow. <laughs> I've got a slush fund set up, a petty cash fund. I've got a jar. It's my swear jar. It's already got $6,000 in it, so I might borrow from that. But I do have some other secured debt against it, so I do have to be a little careful. Yeah, this is an amazing device. I completely understand why you're going to buy it as soon as you can. Uh, it took everything I had to not click the buy button today because, like you said, it would be financially irresponsible, which is not a concept I like, to be honest. I don't like being financially responsible. It's just something we have to do. I'm, Life would be so much I'm easier. Curious. Uh, I'm curious how long it's going to give me 12 hours of battery life because if it could always give me 12 hours of battery life, I would probably never buy a computer for the rest of my life. I don't see ever needing anything better while I'm my, I have arthritis. So I don't think I have a lot of typing years left in my life. So this pixel could probably be the last computer I ever buy as long as the battery holds out, which traditionally laptop batteries do not. Um, but uh, we'll see. That is a good point. And we won't get to it this week, but maybe in a coming week we can discuss just how important it is that Google is advertising voice search heavily with the marketing of this. Almost every promo image I've seen has had the start talking to start searching little text. So, I mean, you may never have to type anything again. And isn't that what all this is really for? Yes. To buy a Chromebook, to not use a Chromebook? <laughs> to not type, fool. <laughs> Word. We're getting there. Humanity just has a few more steps to go. We and finally get back the keyboards, and now we're getting rid of typing. Well, yeah, you still want to be able to see the keys. <laughs> yeah. I want them to light up as I talk. I want to see the, the words light up when I'm talking. Like a player piano. <laughs> yes. They actually did mention something about the backlit keyboard lighting up as you hover over it. like So it'll be off until you put your hands on it, and then it'll light up. Uh, it, uh, bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Well, it would save the battery, I would think, because they wouldn't be lit all the time. True. They also mentioned that if you have the lid closed and you knock on it, the light bar, the uh, yeah, the light bar will show you your battery percentage. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, that was in that, one of the reviews. That wow. that seals it. That's I'm, super. <laughs> that is the icing on the cake at this point. It is long. It's time. I'm going to be selling some stuff now, baby. <laughs> Amen to that. First thing to go. Daddy needs a new Pixel. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining me, guys, and we will be back next week. Is that correct? I believe so. Probably. Uh, wait, I won't be here. <laughs> you won't be here? I won't be here. I, I uh, um, 
We use my Chromebook and we use Chrome uh, uh, to 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 uh, facilitate a, a a business that my family runs. So uh, I'll be using Chrome, but I'm afraid I will not be able to make it the show. Oh well, in that case, we may just take the next week off. I don't know, James. Do you have any vacation days? I mean, we could head to Hawaii and just chill while John's working. <laughs> hey, man, brother. I don't even start work till April six, so let's do it. Sounds good. Maybe my. <laughs> You know, I might be able to lobby my university to move spring break around. So there you go. I, see, I see hangover four right now starting. <laughs> I won't lose Craig on a rooftop, I promise. I almost wouldn't mind. And spoiler alert. All right. Well, we better spoiler wrap this alert. up. You've already been to Bangkok? I don't know. What what's, your years spoiler? Old. what's your spoiler alert? <laughs> that was. <laughs> That was the joke. <laughs> we better wrap this up. It's heading off the rails. All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. We will not be back next week. We are going to skip a week. And then we will be back. And hopefully by then, there'll be the Pixel 3, and we can start discussing it. And I don't know what kind of new features it might have, but we'll it's see. It's going to be US, USB Type-E for Ethereal. It just happens. Wireless charging would be excellent. Agreed. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find us at Chromebooks.today. You can grab the show notes, which are pretty mild this week, but they have all the important links, including where to buy the Chromebook Pixel. Um, You know, bookmark it, save it for later, mull it over, but eventually click buy. You know, I'm not being pushy, but you're going to want to click buy on that Chromebook Pixel website. Seriously, though, click buy. Uh, of course, we are not affiliated with Google. We do not endorse Google products. Um, standard disclaimer. Really? <laughs> really. We don't play favorites here on this Chromebook guy. today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.